Welcome to The Organisational Inclusionist. I'm your host, Grace Masuro. In this podcast series, we'll be delving deep into the pressing issues surrounding equality, diversity and inclusion in both the workplace and the broader world. My goal is to foster understanding, inspire change and amplify the voices of those advocating for a more inclusive and equitable society. Throughout this series, I'll be engaging in candid discussions with leaders, experts, activists and changemakers from various fields. We'll explore the challenges, successes and evolving landscapes of equality, diversity and inclusion. From dismantling systematic biases to promoting equal opportunities for all, we'll touch on a broad range of topics. But we won't stop at discussing problems, we'll actively seek out solutions and actionable steps to drive positive change. Our aim is to inspire and empower you, our listeners, to take an active role in making the world a better place for everyone. This is The Organisational Inclusionist. Let's get started. Welcome to this episode of The Organisational Inclusion. Today I'm joined by Regina Martin, um, who is a trailblazer in her field. Um, So Regina is a leading brand and web design magician. Um, And I am so excited to have you on, Regina, because I like to spotlight um, entrepreneurs in particular from marginalised backgrounds because I think representation is so important. And I think that there are a lot of budding uh, entrepreneurs that just aren't sure if they can do it because they don't see enough of them doing it. So I really wanted to pick up with you. I think you're doing some amazing stuff and I think you've got some really amazing insights um, and a really powerful journey to share. So I'd like to thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today. Before we get stuck in, would you mind giving our listeners a bit of an intro into Regina and, you know, kind of your background? No way! I thought you were 20. <laughs> 20 years of experience. Yes, girl. <laughs> I have nearly 20 years of experience of actually working in this field. Most of that comes from working in the charity sector and specifically with small businesses. So the charity that I used to work for was the Money Advice Trust. And I actually started out as a debt advisor. Like, believe it or not, always that face. (laughs) Always. So I started out as a debt advisor. I started out on National Debt Line, did that for a year. Me being me, I was like, bored now. (laughs) Moved on to being, um, to business debt line and literally over the years was there kind of really helped to kind of nurture and help I can say now thousands of businesses so I've been working with small business a long time and in my time at business deadline in fact within a year they gave me the website by that time I was already running my husband's because he had a photography business at the bar and I was like let me do this it looks easy yeah it is um so then I was running the business deadline website then I was their brand ambassador then I moved and they were like can you now do national and business deadline can you have both of them and suddenly for the whole trust I was just running it for all of them um and in that time have like worked and collaborated with some like really big brands so like working with like the BBC and Barclays and going into MBNA and being like tell me other things um and I'm that nosy person always was who actually if I can't do something I'm going to learn how to do it and if I don't know where to look I'm going to ask somebody who looks like an expert for me to tell me other things and be like can you teach me how to do this? Yeah. And that was kind of what I was doing. Um, and actually, it was one of the things that I found the hardest was actually being this black woman who suddenly found herself as a black woman in tech. Mm. Uh, because I was then just, oh, this is our 
um, digital services manager Regina. She looks after everything digital for the trust, and I'm like, I don't go from one website to everything. Like, you know, I did that in quite a short time. I was there for 15 years, so I did that for a long time. Um, but actually, it was really hard. It would be, I'd be on the phone having conversations with people. They'd be like, oh, my God, she's no knowledgeable. And then, do you know the face when you walk into the room? And they realise that, oh, she's good. Yeah. And I'm like, it's not because I'm five foot three and you're expecting me to be taller. <laughs> Because I'm a bit more melanated than you were expecting. Um, and the side of Birmingham that I come from, this is how we sound. You know, it's just like, you know, I don't fit the stereotype. Mm. And so that was always a struggle. And another struggle that I always kind of had was really being able to allow myself to shine. Because I feel that as kind of black women, we're not allowed that level of audacity mm. that the, I mean in general we're not allowed the level of audacity as women but as black women like even less yeah you're allowed even less audacity you can't walk into a room and say I am actually really good at what I do yeah and I remember having a conversation with at the time um he was like the, the guy who ran our whole department and always waited until he was drunk to tell us how good we were at our jobs um he was like you are so good at your jobs you're brilliant you know you're the reason we've done this 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 and this and instead of fawning like everyone else did, I went, I oh, know. And he went, all right, look. <laughs> and that was the moment when I thought, you actually can't take that I know how good I am. You mm. can't take that I know my value, which means that you don't actually value me. And that was the point at which I thought, I need to just do this for myself. And because I'd worked so hard to help small businesses, I thought, well, actually, I could go out. I could go out in corporate. I could go out and do corporate. But I love working with small businesses mm. and one of the things that I recognized the most was that having worked so closely with business deadline the businesses that struggle the most are ours yeah it's us it's black women it's women but it's black women mm. we're the ones who struggle the most because we don't have the networks we don't have the connection we don't always have the generational wealth mm. to actually be able to do the things so I came into this thinking I'm actually quite fortunate in where I've worked um, Birmingham is the most diverse city in Europe. So, like, you know, we're doing our age. <laughs> we're doing okay. I'm really quite fortunate um, with the companies and the people and the connections that I've made. How can I actually impart that knowledge to help my people rise? Yeah. yeah. Like, if it's good enough for the BBC, it's good enough for you, even if you've only got a little hairdressing business. Yeah, absolutely. Like, do the things. Absolutely. It worked for them. And that's essentially where my experience come from, in a long way. <laughs> so I love that. There. I love that. I think I something that. that you said that was so powerful is that as black women, we're not necessarily prone to or comfortable with shining and like standing out. And I know that like for me, I'm five foot nine, so it's really hard to miss me. But I will enter a room. I'm different now, I think. But back in the day, I would enter a room and do everything I could to not make eye contact with anyone because I found that and this is the thing as well when I tell this story people are like but how do you know that's all in your head but I had friends like people that have become really good friends tell me that when they first met me they couldn't stand me and I say why and they say because you walked in and you were tall you were gorgeous and I thought who does she think she is and you hadn't even spoken and then I had somebody else um a white woman actually who's one of my friends and she was like 
um, when I first met you, I did everything. I wanted to do everything in my power to hate you. And I was like, why? She's like, because look at you. Look at you. And it's like, people say that to you. Like, you should, you know, you should feel good about the fact that you're friends now. But it's like, actually, that just speaks to the insecurities that I've had for God knows how many years because I sense that when I enter rooms. And I think for black women in particular, that is such a, it's such a real experience. It's like, if I'm in the corporate world, if I'm climbing the ladder, you know, there is an expectation that I dim myself so that I can make other people feel comfortable. And then what does that do to me and my mental health and how I feel about myself and how I show up in the workplace? So such a powerful point, man, and it resonated so much with me. And then when you move into the entrepreneurial world, you have no choice but to shine. Yeah. You've got no choice exactly. but to stand out. You've got to do the things. Yeah. And when I first started out, I was like, I can't even, like, people looked at my brand when I first came out, I looked like everybody else. Just looked like everybody else. It was like, yeah, this, I'm just this standard. And I'm like, I'm just not. I'm just not. And you kind of hold all of these other people in your field up on a pedestal. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, my God, they're killing it. They're killing it because they're doing it their own way. They're yeah. killing it because they're stepping into their authenticity. And that is a journey. It's mm. not something where you just suddenly come out of this world of actually doing something that is is not just for us, life each generations it's ancestral Absolutely. and so there's so much conditioning like i don't know if you're into epigenetics but i'm like it's written into our dna that this is how we are we're not to stand out we're mm-hmm. not to shine too bright um and then now we're in a situation and we're in an era where actually that's essential for you to be able to have a thriving business for you to be able to differentiate yourself for the, from the perceived competition yeah so you've got to stand out and bright in what it is that you do because whatever you're choosing unless you've invented it there's going to be ten thousand other people yeah who are doing something yeah. similar so why should they choose you not because you're hiding in the corner saying Please. Exactly. If you want to come over here, it's because actually they want the statuesque grace. They want the person who's going to tell them how it is. They want the person who's maybe going to fit, make them feel that little bit uncomfortable, even if it does mean that they're going to be successful at the end of it. And your way of doing that is actually what's going to be attractive mm. to them. Yeah, That's exactly. hard to break out of, man. So hard. So hard. <laughs> I, I literally. Like I, I grew up and all I was ever told was keep your head down, don't make too much noise, don't get too much attention. And then coming, you know, coming into this world of like being an entrepreneur and running your own business and being the face of that business and having to put yourself out there. I'm not going to lie, that's been so uncomfortable for me. It's like, this is really like, I've never done this. Like, I've never, don't get me wrong, I've been the poster child for organisations, you know, in terms of, look, we have diverse employees. I've been that, but... That's for another organisation. Doing it for myself, there's a vulnerability that comes with that. It's like, I'm exposing myself here, but also in doing that, you know, people are buying me, aren't they? And I think that is a massive adjustment for black women in industry, like in business, um, that run their own businesses, is appreciating that actually in order to shine, we need to step out. Um, I think what you said is so, so true and so powerful. And it's balancing the message between, and it's an internal message that of all the conversations that I have, that I hear a lot of, we are either too much or not enough. Mm. You're either too enough 
Yeah. <laughs> you just not enough. Uh, which is it now? I step into the tuna because I'm just like, I'm ha- <laughs> I have been told that my whole life. Everything is too. You're too loud. You too- You think you're too clever. You think you're too this. And I'm like, now I'm like, yeah. I used to get told I think I'm too nice all the time. Again, before I've even spoken. And then I got I got to a point where I was like, no, you think I'm too nice, but I agree. Yeah. This sounds this sounds like a you problem, but let's go with it. You know? I'll take it. And it's and it's hard to balance that, isn't it? Because you're like, where do you want me to be? Do you want me to be completely egotistical, which is what like, you know, it's not really where I am. Yeah. Or do you want me so down and broken that actually I don't move? Yeah. And so at some point we have to make the decision to be like, okay, so this this two enough person that you're seeing, this bright light who makes you uncomfortable, I'm actually going to step into her because that's your discomfort, mm. that's not mine, and you're projecting your discomfort onto me, so I actually feel dis- uh, uncomfortable mm. about how brilliant I am. Yeah. You know, I had a, I had a, I had one of my coaching clients I was speaking to the other day, and we were talking to them about. Um, they said something along the lines of, you know, I don't, I don't want to go out there and you know, think I'm the shit, and people think I'm the shit, and I'm like, well, you can actually think you're the shit and not shit on other people. Yeah, like, yeah. You can actually do that. You can bring people with you. Mm. <laughs> you know, that's fine. But actually, it's your confidence and it's that real deep knowing of self that actually is going to get you to succeed Definitely. because there are people out there doing what you do with not even the slightest bit of experience even the slightest qualification and doing it and with chess whole chess whole chess no chess it's just they're, they're just doing it and she's like how are you putting seven seven figures and i know you might be doing half the work like yeah. half the work you're, you're giving your clients bare minimum and they're all like standing you yeah. And I'm just like, I used to sit there and feel re- like really resentful about it. And now I'm like. Credit to you. Let me have some of that. <laughs> Let me charge more for how much I am doing. You know? Oh, my gosh. Oh my so, true. so true. What would you say yeah. some of your challenges have been as a black female entrepreneur in your field? Being the black female entrepreneur in my field is a biggest challenge. <laughs> biggest challenge. But. One of the things I had to make peace with, and actually at the very beginning, because you, as I said, what are, like we've just discussed this, haven't we? We've seen people who are in our field and they all go out, they don't look like us, mm. you know, of not the melanated variety, <laughs> go out there and they were killing it. And within the first few weeks, they're like, 10 cars, and now I've got a waiting list and all of this stuff. And one of the things that I had to really make peace with is that there are whole groups of people. There's a whole group of people who will not hire me because of this. Yeah. To make peace with it. That's the world. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. And, but there are so many people who will hire you regardless. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Regardless, based on you just being you. And so that's one of the things that I really absolutely had to make peace with because that's something that can be quite soul crushing. Mm. And we've, as a person of color, we're like living here where we are not in the majority, you know, in Africa, different story. But like here, it's such, it's just harder for us. Yeah. It just is. Like conscious and unconscious bias is a thing, Um, especially in the UK. It's a very 
subtle thing. Mm. Like, you know, outside they will blatantly tell you yeah. that this is why we're not hiring you. But actually here in the UK, it's like a swerve. It's a, I will eat up every single piece of information in your socials. And you can have someone who is stabbing you and is eating up every single piece of information, is in your inbox, asking you the questions, doing all of the things, but you're not good enough to hire. Mm. Mm. Make peace with it. Yeah. Just make peace. And that's that's one of the hardest things. Also, there is always going to be an element of being the only in the room. Mm. And that's going to bring though that comparisonitis. And that's going to bring in those same feelings that we've just talked about of not shining too bright and all of those things. And you literally just have to kind of have a good word with yourself. I do. Especially over the last year, I've done a lot of kind of in-person networking. And in-person networking in spaces that are predominantly white, mm. um, do find your safe spaces. They're not all safe. Mm. Um, I tend to go to places where I have now friends who are in the industry yeah. where actually I'm like, I actually feel really safe here. I feel like they, this is a place where it's a, she's here because she's brilliant. Mm -hmm. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's one of those places. So you will find your time to kind of find those places. But networking is key in person and online. And it's going to take some time. It's hard to walk into a room and be the only and not know what reception you get. And one of the things I often say to people, like if you are not white, if you are not black or of colour and you're setting up networking, look at look around you. Mm. If we're not there, there's a problem. Yeah. Why we're not there? We're not safe. We don't feel safe. Mm. You are not safe for us. Yeah. And that's hard for them to hear, but... Yeah. I think there's also that piece about access as well, though. So if we're not there, where do you need to go so that we know about this and feel safe to attend? Do you know what I mean? I think yeah. a lot of organisations talk about this in the work that I'm doing with them around recruitment is, you know, we just, we can't find the candidates. Okay, but where are you looking? And that in itself is a game changer. So I think, yeah, definitely, like, branch out a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. In your Facebook groups, why aren't we in there? Yeah. Why, why aren't we in your Facebook groups? Mm. Why aren't we in, like, your kind of masterminds and things like that? And, yes, there's a certain amount that create your own, and it's, it's on my mission. I'm on a mission to be like, I'm going to create my own community. We'll get there. We yeah. will do it. And there were a few of us out there who were just like, we're just we're going to fix this mm. because... That's one of the things where you're going to be able to kind of learn the things and kind of get the lessons that you wouldn't necessarily get kind of on your own. Yeah. Like, we are studious. We're a studious people. Mm. We'll buy the course. We'll study the things. But there's nothing about really having sitting down and having a conversation with someone. At all. I've literally, and you know, I'm that tech person. I can just see a piece of tech and be like, I can work this. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, is it the best piece of tech? Is it the best way to streamline my business? Um. There are places where I've been where people have actually kind of shown me how to truly tap into my inner voice and my own intuition. Mm -hmm. I'll learn that out of a book. No. <laughs> you know, that that's the kind of thing that you're going to be able to learn in these spaces. And that's the kind of thing that actually, like, the white community, they've got it. They've got that. Yeah. They've got their spaces. And we're slowly kind of getting there. Mm. Um, so it might just mean you just have to join theirs or just create your own, yeah. your own community where actually people will learn the things um and i guess another thing is and this is this is going to be a deep one that i've learned is how much our people gatekeep 
Why do we do that? Because I'm not that. I'm just like, yeah. Ask me a question. I'm going to tell me to vomit you everything. You better get a pen. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, no. Let's jump on a call for an hour. And I've had two calls this week where people have asked me a question. I've like, I've got some time this week. Do you want to just jump on a call? Let's talk for a minute. Yeah. No, nothing. And there are some, especially those who are more established. Mm. So I guess you're talking about the past six, seven, eight, nine years. They were just like locked down. Mm. Locked down. We are only ever going to move if we bring people with us. Absolutely. And just. Just know that wherever you are on your journey, like, I think doing it with an open heart, like, because I've found a lot of, like, roadblocks, like, just blocks. Yeah. Why are you blocking it? I'm asking a question. Yeah. yeah. I've, um, I've, um, I did a podcast did about that recently podcast. called Saluting Our Sisters, and we talk about, like, the scarcity yeah. mindset that sometimes exists in the black community particularly in business where it's like there's only there's only me in the room and I don't think there's space for anyone else that looks like me so I'm going to shut that door and padlock it because if anyone else comes in that puts me at risk and we would need to completely get past that mindset because you know like if everyone did that then we're not going to move forward at all you know and we're talking to um dominant groups about you know equality and diversity and equity and inclusion and then sometimes our own people are our biggest barriers and I think yeah it's really important to get out of that there's so much that we can learn from each other but it's also about legacy building like what do you want your legacy to be and I think that's a really important question and I always like challenge you know people from marginalized backgrounds that either run their own businesses or lead is what do you want your legacy to be and who do you want to be responsible for having brought up behind you um one of my best managers was a white man called jamie and what he always said was his measure of success was how many people progressed past him that he had recruited and that was huge i was like wow like there's no ego there there's nothing like everything he did was about the people that came after him and yeah. that is and a that legacy. inner knowing he's got that inner knowing right? where it's just like it's amazing. Amazing. amazing amazing it is and we miss out on opportunities because you are missing out on opportunities for partnership collaboration yeah. expansion world domination <laughs> you're missing out on all of these opportunities because like even in the world of brand and web design, right? There's loads of us. There's mm. loads of us. There's loads of us who look like me. I literally went on a LinkedIn spam the other day and I was like, I am looking for black SEOs because I do SEOs. But I want your black SEOs as well because eventually there's going to be too much business for me to do this. I want to pass this on to somebody. Mm. Ideally, I want them to look like me because I want my team to look like me as yeah. much as they can. Do you know what I mean? Because actually I want to bring up another exactly. I want to give an opportunity to another business that might not necessarily have that opportunity yeah. otherwise, that might not necessarily have something where somebody's not trying to pay them £10 an hour for something they've spent mm. 25 years curating. Yeah. Another issue. We'll come back to that one. But ideally I'd want to do that. But me like looking at them and looking into their ex, I just see joy because I'm like, yeah, more black people in tech. I get a little bit excited. So do I. Like I, I fangirl a lot of people, and some people. It's interesting as well because I, I like regularly will post and I'll tag people that I've either just met or um people that I admire, and it's always really interesting to see like if they engage with you. Because yeah. I'm not being funny, it's not happened to me yet. But the day someone tags me in a post and says like I really admire what you do, what? Thank you. Let's talk. 
the way they're getting a gift from me with my like my little snoop hot stepping <laughs> for drinks let's get to know each other yeah we're best friends now 100 percent. like i want my legacy to be you know people and women that i've supported to achieve their dreams like that that would be an amazing legacy but also the world that i leave behind for my daughter like I'm not going to be here forever. And I want to know that I've done something to make it better for her. So that is cool. We've both got, we've both got black children who are setting out, setting out into the world. Yeah. They don't have half the struggle that we have, but no. they still struggle. Mm-hmm. They still struggle out there for them. And one of the reasons for me actually mainly going down the route of self-employment is like employment isn't going to get me the generational wealth no. that I'm looking for. And I need to use these skills and experience and show my babies mm. that actually they can find something they love and make hella cash out of it. Yeah. yeah. Whilst making the world a better place, right. you can still make money and make a difference. Mm. You can still do that. Um, and But first, we've got to make things better. We've got to make clearer paths. We've got to clear the pathways. Definitely. And the way we do that is by supporting each other. Exactly. Exactly. And I get, I get so excited. And I have a lot of meetings. I have a lot of people say, oh, can we meet? And every single time when it's somebody who's like, who looks like me, somebody's like, I'm so excited. Tell me about it. I want your life story. Tell me everything. Why? Right. I think we learn so much from each other as well. And like, you know, being in, you know, I mentioned Jamie earlier. Like, I've been, I've been lucky that I've had a couple of amazing like, mentors and like supporters that haven't looked like me. And I think yeah. that is so powerful as well, is having that awareness that actually, do you know what? I have had some advantages. How can I support people that don't look like me to move forward? I think that is, that is so powerful as well, like without a doubt. Absolutely. One of the... One of the greatest pieces of advice I had was from um, one of, a mentor of mine, and that's Liz Barkley. She's like a BBC broadcaster. I was doing a lot on kind of doing radio and BBC for the charity. All of, I did everything. I did that. And she actually gave me my, my – she did my media training. So she's like, if you're going to do interviews, this is what you wear, this is what you do, this is what you don't do. And she literally – the first thing she said to me was, the one thing that you will not do is not is, is not be this. Mm. got to go in and shine right. you said you have this personality that people only see once they get to know you <laughs> once they get to know you you suddenly like she's in the room <laughs> you know what I mean but actually that needs to come out that 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 bit that you hide and she was like I know why I get it but actually that bit that you hide that's what you need to bring out because that's the thing that's going to set you ahead mm. it's fine for you to go out and have the conversations and speak in your brummy accent and like you know be all the things drop your h's it doesn't matter as long as you are coming at it with an element of authenticity yeah. and truth and people are really going to resonate with the message and she is just like she's one of those women where you know she walks in a room and you're just like gasp like she just has the stature of the power and there'd be a little bit of shrinking because she's just amazing so yeah. to be in the room with her on her own was just like such an absolute honour to kind of have that. Mm. And it's really funny that you say about kind of, we've all had managers who don't look like us. One of my favourite managers, I still speak to her now, um, she's always just been, she was always telling me how brilliant I was. She was never, she was always like, I know, I just have to give you something to run with it. And she allowed me that freedom. And without her allowing me that freedom, I probably wouldn't have been here now yeah we we at one point we were just her and me in a department 
And after the first few weeks, she was like, I can just leave you to do this, can't I? Yes, you can. <laughs> Literally, we built, we, we, like, we smashed it. We took our websites from hundreds of visitors to mm. millions, and we did that in a year. Amazing. We did it in a year because she was allowing me to just like run with it, do the reports, speak to the people, get the expertise that I needed, all of that stuff. And was just a lot, and it was just, it felt like freedom. Mm. And like, it was just amazing and was always really encouraging and always gave me credit where credit was due. Yeah. Like, never stole it, which I was sad. Um, you know, but she never stole it. She was like, oh, it wasn't me. Like, I don't even know what she did. Yeah. <laughs> Go and ask her. Like, she's done all of the things. And so there's, it was just kind of that, having that recognition of like, this person sees my brilliance as well. This person sees my direction. This person trusts me mm. to trust myself to kind of go with the things. But when you're on your own, you're just like, oh, I'm going to have my manager behind yeah. me. Yeah. You're just going to have to trust yourself. Absolutely. So one of the biggest things that I've actually done is the, the, the inner work. Mm. What do you feel your black identity or your identity as a black woman, what impact do you think that's had on your approach? to entrepreneurship and your business one of the things i actually have learned the most is that actually a lot of the tactics and the strategies that my white counterparts use won't necessarily work for me because it's going to take longer etc so one of the things i think that has worked the best is kind of really i think one thing that we are good at is like leaning into our spirit wherever you lie with regards to your beliefs we always lean into that spirit that intuition that is something that can never be taken away because that's ancestral yeah (laughs) you know what I mean that goes back millions of years and actually being able to stop and be like there are elements of that that I don't like and if I don't like it it means it's not the right path to do Mm. do something else and I think to a certain extent we have the because we are under the shadows i guess we have the freedom to just be able to do whatever the hell we want mm. do what you want with it do it your own way um because actually that's how our community overall has progressed in the best ways when we actually start following our spirit and listening to the whispers and doing things that we know mm. that really helps one of the other things that i feel that has really actually benefits me is that i can just lean into like black comes in all shapes sizes colors everything so i can just lean into that my culture i have a mixed heritage in the sense of my dad's kenyan my mom's jamaican very mixed like africans and caribbeans well it's very similar it's kind of a little bit different yeah. so i have like more of the jamaican sass and bastiness i am basty <laughs> like and I cannot control my facial expressions. Like, my clients just get this now. Like, they'll be talking to me. They're like, you do not like that idea. And I'm like, mm-mm. Not at all. <laughs> do you know what I mean? But actually being able to that, sometimes it kind of gives me a little bit more freedom to be kind of more open about what it is that I think and what it is that I feel. Mm. Because I'm just like, I'm just going to do the things. Like, I now have the freedom because to build this business in the way that I want to. Yeah. yeah. Now, who's watching? Yeah, it's true. How do you measure success then? So what does success look like for you? It always boils down to the money, obviously, mm. because I'm like, I actually want to see some coming in, yeah. so that helps. Um, but also, I 
do you know what? <laughs> this is so just like, this is just so weird. But I measure my success by how many people who look like me know who I am. <laughs> That's interesting. I've made it because our community love to hide. Yeah. Like, where are you? And so if I kind of go to a place and I've met somebody who's just like amazing, I measure it by the people that I'm meeting along the way. Yeah. Like, I had an amazing conversation with a lady in Ghana today. And I'm like, she's in Ghana. She's a politician. And I'm like, would I ever have had this conversation otherwise? And I'm like, look at me. Speaking to a woman in like in yeah. Ghana, and she's amazing. So I often measure it by these people that I meet. So I'm so inspired by the people that I meet. Like when we first met, I was like, "We go to my husband. I met this one from called Grace." And oh my god! So that's how I measure my success. It's like who are the people that I'm meeting along yeah. the way, and when those people, align, when our values align, that's how I know my messaging's right. Yeah. So my messaging's yeah. right because I'm getting the right people in because we're having conversations, and there's not an ego or a barrier or a mm -mm. yeah so the right people are actually coming in even if it's just for a conversation because they don't always necessarily it's not always oh i want to work with you it's i just want to know more sometimes it's just for some reason i really feel like i want to get to know you mm. i'm like that's good yeah i'm that kind of person i'm acting with friends that's <laughs> so, it's so true but it is about the people who i have around me they're my success i love that. they're my people who will tell me when I'm chatting rubbish, um, they're the people who will be like, this is just the most amazing idea and if you don't run with it, I'm going to. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's my success because it makes me, it is about the village. It's knowing that you have a village of people around you who are on very similar missions, who have very similar values. Um, that's really how you're going to expand. Absolutely. What would your advice be to anyone thinking about anyone that looks like you or us? Um, or is from a marginalised background that is thinking about starting their own business? One, do it. Stop thinking. <laughs> the more you think about it, the, long, the longer it's going to take you. Yeah. It took me five years to actually leap yeah. before the, it was in my head. And I was looking for jobs elsewhere and doing all of this stuff. And then it was just like, it's just time. 40th birthday hit. And I was like, you're going you're gonna to get to 50 and still be here. Are you mad? so you just like so firstly do it the more you think about it the more you do it it doesn't have to be done all at once mm. you can do baby steps yeah like don't look at that person's trajectory and think they're way ahead of me because they're on a different path mm. slay your own lane get a mentor yeah preferably one that looks like you yeah. yeah i say get and one if not, of each. get one who gets it yeah i say get one of each yeah get one who gets yeah. it and get one that looks like you i think there's something Absolutely. about having a mentor that looks like you for having those really honest conversations about the struggles about the pain about the you know the kind of shut doors and just when things haven't gone well and why they've yeah. not gone well you know you can sometimes have those honest conversations but also get from someone how they overcame that yeah, so absolutely. But also, my first mentor was a lady who didn't look like me. Like, oh, amazing. Still love her now. We'll still stand her. I will send any, like, anybody who actually leans more into their spirituality and needs a spiritual business coach. She's your girl. Mm. She's amazing. But also, she just got it. And when I looked in and I looked at her community, my people were there. Yeah. So I'm just like, hmm, that's fine. So actually look at their community and see that if your people are there, then actually, she, yeah. you know, you're doing okay. But actually she 
taught me so many lessons about trusting myself, mm. about trusting my skills, trusting my experience, not necessarily feeling I have to go and get a degree in something before I can release it into kind of my products and services. It's like, how on earth after 15 years are you saying, oh, better go and get qualified for this when you taught yourself to code? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. So, and actually really having somebody, if you do have a mentor, and I will stress this, make sure that they're at least 10 steps ahead of where you are. Mm. Because if you have a mentor that isn't even anywhere near where you want to be, then you pr- they probably don't have the right steps for you. Yeah. Um, but actually, I would also say, and maybe after maybe a year or so, because I think you at least need to spend a year with somebody when you're first starting out, also allow yourself time to think about what you want to do. Mm. Because your mentor's way is what's worked for them. And maybe what's worked for others, and it may not be what works for you. Yeah. So really feel into, once all the excitement and everything has passed on, really feel into, does this feel right for me? Because there are things where I've felt pressured, and it's pressure I put on myself. Mm. Like, it's not like, you must do this. That's not right. It's not the right kind of mental book. Where I've kind of put pressure on myself to kind of do things and get things and make milestones and do these things. And you've put done things in your business, like, this doesn't work. It's not working. It's yeah. not working because yeah. it wasn't right. Exactly. Not me. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And then for anyone that's thinking, you know, I don't know how to do it, what would you say? Drop me a DM. <laughs> started. Yeah. Love it. Absolutely love it. I'll just, just answer the questions. I'll send you an epic brummy voice note. <laughs> like, but honestly, find somebody, find a community, but do the Googling, do the things, join the groups. Even if you're not yet an entrepreneur, I was in Start Your Business or business groups before I was even had a business. Yeah. Like, be in the groups, watch the messages, look through the things. And if you're still not sure, find people who feel open and receptive to answers. Yeah. Where's me? <laughs> we'll answer the questions. But there are those of us out there who will help, who will kind of talk you through those things, who will help you, who will be a sounding board. I have people in my inbox all the time like, I'm going to do this. What do you think? I'll be like, what do you think? Does it go right? Yes. Well, how do I start? Try this, 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 and this. Yeah. yeah. Off you go. <laughs> That's it. it. Love, love, love. Thank you so much, Regina. I've had a brilliant time discussing all things business with you. Um, and I know our listeners are going to get a lot from this, um, especially for those that are like on the cusp of starting something and just keep talking themselves out of it. I think this has been really encouraging. Exactly. Just do it, man. The worst thing you can do is fail and then learn and start again. Yeah. And if that don't work, set up another business. Exactly. The biggest lesson I've learned, especially whilst I was at business deadline, is entrepreneurs can bounce mm. back. I've had conversations with people who are like, I'm shutting down my limited company, I've got to do this, it's a family business, it's been 50 years, da 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 da. Within the two weeks, they're like, oh yeah, I started up a new business. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. The bounce back ability is just amazing. So even if it doesn't work, learn what you found from. Definitely. And impart it into the next, the next journey. And I think one of my biggest learnings as well has been that, like, most of the most successful entrepreneurs are probably on their sixth business. Like, they had loads of businesses before that that failed. You just don't hear about those. 
And it's worth understanding and learning people's stories because I think sometimes we see the success and don't necessarily understand the journey it took to get there. And actually, this, it's, that's the key thing. It's like, it's, and often it's a perceived success. There's this this whole thing about, I want to be a six-figure earner, I want to be a seven-figure earner, I want to be a da-da-da-da. And actually, for me, I'm chasing peace. Mm. I'm chasing peace. I'm chasing going to bed. And there's not a million things in my head. Yeah. And how do I get there? I build out a team and I have to expand. Yeah. And I have to do all of these things. So actually think about what it is that you're really chasing. Because at first it's going to be clients and money and da 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 And eventually when that starts coming in and you start thinking, oh, my God, people actually want this. Yeah. <laughs> then start thinking, what's the next thing? What's the next thing that I'm going to be chasing? You know, there's this whole trend at the moment of having like a word for, a year, for the year. Mm. And I'm like, what it was last year, it's still peace. <laughs> like, I still want to change peace. I still want to feel peaceful. I still want ease. Yeah. You know, I still want to be able to to kind of hand something over that in generations people are going to be like, she's the one who did it. Yeah. This is where I probably were before and she's the one who did it now. So it's just like, just know what you're chasing, have have that big picture and take your time getting there. It's not a race. Absolutely. Regina, thank you so much. You've been brilliant. brilliant. You're so welcome. Thank I've, you. Loved it. I've loved this conversation me too i just loved it i hope everyone else has enjoy this podcast is brought to you by acquaintance consulting we'd love it if you could take a minute at the end of this podcast to follow subscribe whichever is easier or available for you on the platform that you're listening to us on we're really keen to grow this channel and really impact equality diversity and inclusion across the world and with your support we can do just that